So, hi. Hi. This is our first time to speak together ever. After 10 years of ministry, yes. we have never sat and actually shared a message together on a Sunday morning. So we thought we would just hold hands the entire time. You like that, don't you? <laughs> Guys, a little bit about us. If you're a guest here, my name is Andy. This is my wife, Amy. We have been married uh, just over 10 years. We have four children. Uh, we even have a picture of our marriage uh, that we are even going to share with you today. Uh, because this is how much we love it. You can put it on the screen. I think I had it in the computer. should be there. Um, oh, everybody say it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, I was, yes. And guys, the title of the message is Relationship Goals. And just to let you out right now, our anniversary is January 21st, 2006. That right there is your first relationship goal. Know your anniversary. Don't forget it. If you don't know your anniversary, everything else, nothing matters. <laughs> You're in big trouble. So no, you can forget a child's birthday. Your wife will cover for you on that. You cannot forget your anniversary. It's true. It's true. It's a fact. Don't slip up on that. No, it really is fun to be up here because, like Andy said, we've never done this before. So um, we might be cutting each other off or finishing each other's sentences. Sen sentences. Yeah, it's something people um, love to do. <laughs> but no, we really, we're really excited to be here today. We love what we do. Um, even just putting this message together is kind of fun, reminiscing some of our hiccups that we've experienced um, in the past and looking at where we are and even just getting excited about where we're headed together as a team. Um, but with it being Valentine's Day, we thought, let's talk about relationship goals. This can encompass any relationship that, that you have. Um, we'll focus a little bit on, on the marriage side, but really this is applicable for everybody. But being in ministry, um, we have just seen really the common denominator of issues has to do with your relationships, has to do with how you're interacting and how you're dealing with things. We see the same challenge, the same pain, the same hurts, the same pressures, the same needs come up in every um, relationship, in every discussion, every challenge that, that we see in ministry. And so we thought, what better way to tackle that than talk about it on Valentine's Day when the world focuses on relationships? Um, but the great news is one thing that we can walk away with this morning knowing before we share all of our relationship goals with you is that Jesus Christ has everything that you need in order to have a thriving relationship, in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship. He, he shows us how to do it. He can tell you everything that we need to have a dynamic marriage it's with really, your spouse. It's really good. So, so in short... As we begin to tee off here and head into the heart of this message. <laughs> hey, did you like that transition, by the way? Yeah, we're working through some things. It's nice. This is our first like time a, doing this. It's like a dance. It is. It's like dancing oh for the gosh. first time. Uh, here's the thing. You, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're divorced today, um, this is not a message just for married people. You've got to hear that. You can apply every aspect of this to every relationship that you have. So don't check out if you're thinking, my God, all I wish I had was a date for Valentine's Day. <laughs> if that's what you're thinking, fine. 
this message is still for you. This isn't a message just for married people. Okay? With me? So do this. Turn to Philippians 1, 9 through 10. This is going to be the wrapper for our message today. You can scroll on your phone. You can watch on the screens behind us. But simply this. The writer Paul is writing to the church in Philippians. And he says, this is my prayer for you. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best and that you might be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So I believe that every single one of us here desires to have growing relationships. I mean that. Not to sound strange or anything like that or or to assume too much. But nobody decides that they'd like to have a real jacked up, screwed up relationship. No one chooses that. And so... This morning, I'm assuming a couple things that you, A, desire to have great and healthy relationships, and B, uh, that you're willing to do something about it. Uh, The writer Paul says that he desires that your love would grow, that it would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, et cetera, et cetera. And those are real lofty words. Does that make sense? Sometimes that can feel a little bit out of reach. But what we decided to do in this message was take this idea that Paul is throwing out there on what it means to have a growing, abounding in love relationship with one another and reduce it down into some things that we have seen in our history and ministry and in the history of our relationship. Things that get in the way of making that happen and things that we just simply forget to do. So in paraphrase, We're getting ready to kick off three goals for you. Three hashtag goals. This is hashtag relationship goals. And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know what a hashtag is, you might feel a little lost on what that is. It's a social media term (laughs) that people use to commonly identify popular trending topics. So it's Valentine's Day. Therefore, hashtag relationship goals. Hashtag here we go. Here here we go. Um, All right, so Andy started us out, and I'm going to take us to our next scripture this morning. In Song of Solomon, if you'll turn in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, we're going to focus on this scripture for just a moment. It says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. So our first goal this morning is catch your foxes. That's great. Okay, here's what I mean by that. In this scripture, we're not looking at a bear or a wolf. They don't say, watch out for the bears, watch out for the wolves. They say, watch out for the foxes because those foxes are going to get in there and they're going to threaten your garden. They're going to threaten your livelihood. The very thing that you depend upon um, for provision, they're, they're there to threaten. And they even say the word little there. Okay, so this is important for us when we're looking at our relationships because um, things that these, what's happening here with these foxes is if those foxes don't get caught, if we don't catch those things, those little things turn into bigger things and bigger things. And if we don't set those traps, if we don't catch them, then we're going to eventually see that come out in our relationships. Those things, those little foxes, they can erode your marriage. They can erode your friendships. They can erode any type of relationship that you have if you're not on it and you're ready to catch it. So I want you to focus that the little things matter. 
in your relationships. The little things matter. And here's, here's what I mean by little things. I'll just give an example. Here it comes. Since we're together and we're doing this together. Um, this actually wasn't too long ago, so you guys should be encouraged by this. Um, there was a day that Andy came home um, from working, and I had made dinner, and we sat down to eat with the whole fam. Yes. And Andy just... I remember it well. Andy, um, you know, he took a bite of his food, and, and then he decided he was going to make a suggestion on maybe the seasoning of the food, or maybe, like, maybe we should add, like something do we, do we have any salt or you know and I'm just sitting there and listening to him and this one little comment started brewing a storm in me because I'm sitting there thinking really really you're gonna sit down and you're gonna start judging my food after I have been at home with four kids all day I've taught them how to read I've cleaned your clothes and dishes and the house may be looking crazy, but look at all these things that I've done, and you're going to critique. You're going to make a suggestion about the seasoning of the food in front of you. That's very bold. Now, now, here's the thing that's important there. Do you have something you'd like to say? I don't have anything I'd like to say. <laughs> here's, here's the important thing to note here, though. Andy did not come in guns blazing and pick a fight with me he made us like a little comment and that little comment hurt me it offended me it bothered me and now I have the choice with this little fox this little comment that he made I can either bury it and let resentment and anger grow in my heart and then when the next you know thing comes up that just comes out and that's not right or I can look at this fox and I can catch it and I can say, okay, no, we need to talk about this. And I can have the courage to go, babe, can I talk to you about this? You know, I, I really don't appreciate, you know, and actually conversing, actually talking to your spouse about the issue at hand. Because if you leave a fox unchecked, more foxes are just going to realize, hey, they're not protecting that land. Let's just go have a feast. And then you have real crazy mess. So we have to be on our guard. We have to catch those foxes um, because they will, they will erode your marriage. There are people who've been in ministry longer than Amy and I. Some of you might be sitting here and have, have, maybe we haven't even met yet. And maybe you've been in vocational ministry for a great deal of time. But here's what I have seen. And this is, this is true for our own marriage. The biggest things are not the biggest things because they just suddenly appear large. They're little things that have left, been left unchecked over a long period of time yeah. that keep brewing and brewing, and a little fox becomes a big fox. And then it finds another big fox and has baby foxes. <laughs> and it's all over. You, you know what I'm talking true. about here. This is how offenses operate in a marriage. And I'm going to be bold here for a second and just, we're just going to call a spade a spade. More often than not, a spouse is afraid of the conflict with another spouse. That's the, that's the heart of the issue. People don't like conflict. Even though I'm not conflict averse, I don't like the initial conversation of, of conflict. When Amy decided to tell me that I had hurt her feelings, I didn't want to sit here 
and have this conversation. But it needed to happen. I needed to hear that. And now I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I learned. We're growing. But understand, you must have courage in your relationships. If you don't, you will have foxes. You will have offenses that tear up the garden. You've got to have courage. You've got to look at somebody in the face and say, hey, can I talk to you? This isn't right. Or this felt hurtful or this felt offensive. The amount of people that we find that have just, they need help, but they just, they waited years and years to address the littlest things mm -hmm. that were bothering them for years on end. Yeah. Don't do that. Catch the foxes. Hashtag Catch the foxes. Hashtag, you're a fox. What? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Hashtag foxy lady. Oh. We're going like to keep it. this going. <laughs> I can't think of one. It's Valentine's Day. Moving along. Hashtag moving along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I already alluded to it. Uh, the first one is catch the foxes. If you will be willing to do that in your relationships, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a promise to guarantee that you're going to have a lot of health and vibrancy in your relationships. The second thing, however, is that you've got to commit to growing. You have to keep growing. That is, that's one of your big ideas is keep growing. It is not rocket science. But yet it is amazing how much of us, uh, it's easy in our culture. Maybe this is just what we do as Americans. I don't know. But we spend a great deal of time and effort on working on the wedding day. We spend a great deal of time. Some people uh, hopefully do their marriage counseling. And we invest all this time on the pre-wedding and the pre-marriage and the pre-relationship. And on the day. And then we spend a tremendous amount of finances and resources on the house or the apartment or the car and the place to live. All of these things to ensure a great marriage. But we actually don't actually work on the marriage relationship right. itself. We don't continue growing. Yeah. We don't challenge ourselves. When is the last time? And you looking at your life, you said to yourself, man, I have grown as a friend. When's the last time you, you can identify the fact that you have been growing as a friend to someone? When's the last time you can look and say, man, I've really, not arrogantly, but I've really been working hard to grow as a husband, as a wife, as a spouse, even a brother or a sister. I've been working hard to grow as a son or a daughter. See, we, we, we kind of hit this about 20-year-old mark. No offense to anybody here that's 19 turning 20. But generally in your early 20s, you just begin to check out as if you kind of have reached maximum relationship potential. You've just arrived. And what I want you to hear this morning is that relationships are not a destination. They're a journey. And you want to continue growing in that journey. Does that make sense this morning? So what are you proactively doing to continue growing? I have a coach that doesn't coach me on marriage. <laughs> Although that actually would be awesome. Uh, he coaches me on church planting. And, but one of the things that he does ask me about is marriage and kids. And he spends probably more time asking me about that than actually church stuff. 
Um, but one of the trends in church planting, if you didn't know, is, is, is uh, there's great benefit to having a church coach. And so we talk, and I, I never forgot something that he said to me. Um, he said that of everything that he was amazed by with young church planners, it wasn't the challenging situations that they were facing. It wasn't their need for resources or their need for money. It wasn't their need for more staff or their inability to, to see people one to faith or find a facility or a school. None of those things were the surprise. The surprise was the sheer lack of questions that a young church planner would ask of someone that's seasoned. I never forgot that. And here's what I mean by it, and, and then I'll make the parallel. If you've had three years of ministry experience, don't you think it would be of great wisdom to you to talk to somebody that has 30 years of ministry experience? Don't you think that there's possibly a landmine that you just might be able to sidestep if you just took the time to learn from people who have been there, done that, and just know more than you? You know what I mean by that? And, and so I see the same trend just in relationships at large. Think about it. Are you new to being married? Why not talk to someone who's just a married veteran? Somebody that's got, that has a great, healthy marriage. Why not spend some time in asking them? Humble yourself and ask some really good questions. How have you done it? How have you stayed faithful? What were some of the hardest challenges that you had? Do you think as a young married couple that you might be able to pick up a few things and keep growing? New to being, when, I, when we became parents, I had never changed a diaper in my life. I mean, and now I've changed about 9 billion, okay? I'm ready for that phase to be done. I don't want to change diapers anymore. Um, that being said, have a little bit of time I had to learn a lot. And this isn't relationship. This isn't even parenting. This is just natural skills. How do I do this? <laughs> I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And so Amy and I, I remember we, we spent a good deal of time talking to people who were parents before us. Because after all, if you haven't been a parent, you don't know how to be a parent until you have a child. And then oftentimes you just trial and error it. Yeah. You, your first child is your trial child. I mean, there's no way around it. It's the one you just kind of, sorry, man. We, we, were, we love we you, were, Graham. <laughs> we were working some things out. We didn't know how to do this. You get a little better by two. You start getting really good by three. And by four, you're smooth sailing. You got this, okay? But understand, you just got to ask questions. You got to learn from people. You know what? Humble yourself and ask. You, got, you have some difficult things? Ask somebody who, who might be able to shed some light to you on it. Yeah. Amy and I have a goal, and it is to try and read. And I say try because we don't always hit it, but we try to read books. And those books are to help us be more skilled and, and, and just better in our relationships. You've heard me talk about this book. I've posted about it on social media. This is not a book about being a good husband or a good wife. It's not a book about friendship. It's about a Muslim guy that comes to faith. 
seeking Allah, finding Jesus. But I want you to hear what happened to me as I was reading it. I learned how to be a better friend. The friend that's in this book convicted me so deeply. And if I can learn to be a better friend in my friendships, don't you think it will also teach me to be a better friend to my spouse? Don't you think it will also teach me to be a better friend to God? So I want to keep growing. Here's a book that Amy and I have just started, uh, written by someone in the ministry that our church is a part of, called My First, Second, and Third Attempts at Parenting. And we have like 15 copies at the church office. We're reading this because guess what? We want to grow as parents. We want to be better and keep growing in our relationships. Does that make sense? With me. Yeah. Hey, sorry about that. Not sure what just happened. But um, we're good. Hashtag. That was amazing. Hashtag. We got this. So raise your hand if you've got a commute to work. You got to drive? Anybody? Go on. You can raise your hand. You know, when, as I'm meeting people throughout the week, I have to drive different places. Sometimes I mean, it's Atlanta traffic. It's just a drive. What if you took one day of that drive just once and turned your radio off and listened to a podcast that would encourage you and challenge you in your relationship with your spouse, your son or daughter, your relationship with God? And so here are three podcasts. I'm making this real practical for you that I listen to to help me keep growing. The first is this. It's Carrie Newhoff podcast. You can put the picture up on the screen. This podcast I listen to almost every week, and that is to design to help me be a better leader and a better pastor. I love it, and it's hard to listen to sometimes. There's another podcast I try to listen to by Craig Rochelle, one of my favorite pastors to listen to preach, other than myself, of course. Um, nat- naturally, obviously. Hashtag humble yourself. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't do that. I do listen to, to uh, Life Church, though, pretty regularly. And he, I just, I spend a lot of time preaching. And so I need to also fill myself and keep growing. And it challenges me to be a better Christian. And then do you want to grow as a mother or a father or a husband and wife? Boy, I can't tell you a better podcast to listen to than Focus on the Family. I, we were listening to it yesterday in the car, and I'm literally holding back tears with all of the children in the back seat. Going crazy in the back seat. We're both like, Yeah, they're all so like, good. you know, woo! And I'm like, I just can't believe how good this is. It's just, oh, gosh. It's really good. Yeah. And, I mean, on how to unplug and be a better parent with social media and phones, how to be a better spouse, how to navigate the difficult teen years with your children. All of those things are on the podcast, and it is good stuff. And you don't have to necessarily be driving a car to listen to these. I do these when I'm cooking dinner. Yeah. And um, A wonderful (laughs) meal, might I add. No, but it is, it really is great because even, you know, I don't know what everyone's stage of life is, but you can find... 20 to 30 minutes a week to listen to a podcast. And if you can get more than one in, you're really doing good. So um, that's just a little tidbit of when I listen to the podcasts um, to keep growing. Yeah. So listen, books, uh, speaking to people who've just been there and done it, do it. You will grow so much. I love talking to people that that are older than me 
and just listening. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I'm just the, the, the MVP on everything. Amy and I don't have all of this down as if we're just the pro. We have to keep ourselves continually on the edge of pushing ourselves to do these things. Catching foxes, continuing to grow, keep growing. Yeah. Um, I think I'm good on that. Hashtag, we are officially done with that. Keep growing. All right, so let's keep going um, and move on to our next scripture in Ecclesiastes. Um, You can turn there in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 or follow along on the screen. Verses 9 through 12. It says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So what we're seeing in the scripture here is part of the reason that God brings you, I mean, part of the reason in general that God brings you together in marriage is because of the just beauty and the life that a marriage can bring. You start a family together, you have kids, you start, you know, you learn, you know, how to play off of each other and, and have fun together and laugh and, um, And what we're seeing here, though, is so many relationships can fall short of the mission that God has for them together. Together, two are better than one. And so our third goal this morning is be on mission together. That's great. I, I, this is the one that I just want to come out of my stool talking about. Because, and and hear me, people that are not married, This is not a Bible verse on marriage. This is a Bible verse on the power of team, okay? Doing this together, being on mission together. I don't want to steal. I'll be done. Um, Going along with that, it made us, when we were putting this together, it just made us think of when we started our first life group together. And um, we weren't really sure who would show up. And we just prayed and prayed for God to just bring people in. And um, Our first one, no one showed up. Yeah, our first group, we didn't have Enjoy any that. attendance. Um, but then after that, we just began to see people come. And then we began to see men and women who had never been to church before, who had no idea really about the foundations of the Christian faith, start putting their faith in Jesus and following him. And we, we would, people would leave our, our apartment and we'd be like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Can you believe that? I mean, you have, we have a couch in our living room where people have surrendered their lives to Jesus um, because we were on mission together. We teamed up, we partnered up, and we decided, okay, we're not called to just do this separately. We're called to do this together. And the same thing goes with your friends. This isn't, you don't have to be a married couple to, to do this, to be on mission together. Find a friend and start a life group or go through the purple book with somebody. Do Be on mission together. And we also, I mean, we open up our home. Open up your home or meet somewhere for coffee. One of the things that when we even first started in ministry is I thought, I really don't have much, you know, to offer here. But then I thought, no, I can, I can make a mean buffalo chicken dip. Or I can, I can, <laughs> go yes. ahead. Yes. No. Um, no, but I can, I can cook. I can make food. You know, that, that'll do something. And it really is powerful when you have people come into your home and you eat together and you just gather around and you 
feed yourselves and and then relationship starts happening. So have a barbecue. If you're, you know, friends and and you have a previous experience with athletics, coach a team together. Gosh, what you could do pouring into the lives of young men and women of children who are playing soccer for the first time. But the point is is we we need to be on mission together. That's this right. is not we can do That's more really together than we can by ourselves. I I get so excited talking about this because, and all the others are just as equally true. You've got to catch the foxes. You've got to keep growing. And you need to be on mission together. And so many relationships find themselves getting stagnant because they're simply not doing anything or going anywhere. Does that make sense? Uh, imagine the typical, the, 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 and hear me, I'm not putting this down as if you're just some regular, ordinary guy. No, you are uniquely gifted to be just you. God has made you special, uh, just like he's made the person next to you uh, perfect in all of his ways. He's made you just the way uh, you need to be. But understand, we can fall into what I call just the common life cycle of getting up in the morning, Taking a shower, going to work, making a paycheck, coming home, being tired, eating dinner, put the kids to bed, watch TV, go to bed, start it all over again. And that's our life. That's what you do. And at the end of 10 years, is that what you want said about you? Is that what you want said about your marriage, about your relationship? I love Netflix, okay? I love it. I even, confession, I love a little Netflix binge now and then too. Come on, it can be on a day off, it's nice. But understand, when, when, when the hallmark of your relationship is getting home and you and your spouse just every night, you're just sitting watching TV together on the couch, I love that. You need times for that. But you've got a bigger mission in front of you than just sitting on the couch and watching television together. God has more for you than that. One of my greatest fears is becoming superbly great at things that don't matter. I have a fear of of knowing all the great TV show quotes and movie quotes, and I've seen it all, and at the end of the day, who really cares? And there is a mission for you and your spouse, or you and your friend. You guys need to link up and get a little passionate about seeing God do something through your relationships that advances God's kingdom, that does something. You got to look and say, okay, the great commission is that we would make disciples. How can we use our home and our relationship to make disciples? You got a friend on a football team? Grab arms with them and say, how can we reach this team? How can we make disciples on this football team? We're going to do this. Are you married? Look down the street at all the neighbors that you've probably lived next to for three years and you don't even know their names. Get passionate about trying to see those people come to faith. Invite them over for dinner. Have a little dinner party once a month for three months and see if doors don't start to crack open for the gospel to begin working. I promise you, 
if you will get on mission together, you and your spouse will have so much vibrancy and, and just fun and excitement in that relationship because you're doing something together. Amy and I have blown this a thousand times. Yeah. And I, when I mean blown it, I mean <laughs> blown it's too hard of a word. We just, you know, we, how old is Beckett now? Our youngest he's is almost six months. He's almost <laughs> six months old. It's hard to believe. Well, we had a baby. So guess what happens? Your life changes radically. Okay. You got another baby in the house. Things slow down. Some things speed up. But one of the things that we haven't been doing as much, just because we're learning the, the ropes with having four, has been having as many people over to our house. We don't have a life group, or we didn't. That just started last week again. But, you know, we, when we first moved here, we were having people over for dinner and meals a lot. And so just in the car this week, we began to feel the Holy Spirit nudging us and saying, okay, it's time again. There's more mission for you and Amy to be on. There are neighbors on your street that need to come and have a meal with you in your house. Yeah. Do something about it, Andy. Do something about it, Amy. There are people that you, you need to meet at, at, at Graham and Caroline's whatever class, karate, taekwondo, gymnastics, invite them over. Yeah. Do something about it. And I would, say, Sorry. I would say with that, Andy's talking about, you know, being on mission together with your spouse or with your friends, but you can be on mission with your children. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest things that we love is when we have our life group, we have our family life group, my kids count, they know Tuesday Life group, my friends yeah, are coming. Absolutely. And um, that they look forward to that. And they, they look forward to the fact that we're getting together and we're talking about the Bible. And, and you can be on mission with your kids. If you, if you are looking for ways to be on mission together, ha, like Andy said, get involved in their sports team or be the room mom in their school or have a block party at your house. Be the fun house in the neighborhood and have water balloons in the summer. You know, just do something to bring the kids in. Um, involved. Get the kids involved. They need to be on mission with you um, because they are disciples in the making and you're teaching them how to do this, that it's fun and it's life-giving and we get to do this together. Yeah, so. so good. Guys, this is our official Valentine's Day message for you and it is not rocket science. It's actually, most of it's really simple but that doesn't make it not difficult at times. And all of these things have a measure of your flesh that will resist you. No one wants to stand and be brave and talk to their friend who's hurt their feelings or is currently hurting their feelings over and over again or their spouse. No one wants to do that. But you need to do that. You need to catch those foxes before they turn into big foxes and ruin the garden. You need to keep growing. It's like a workout. No one, no one wants to just get up out of bed and just hit it, go to the gym. I mean, unless you, some people are crazy like that. But most people don't naturally, maybe you've trained yourself to like that. But most people do not initially just start out saying, yeah, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to love this. And just shred their muscles and feel great about it. No, it's painful. 
It hurts. But what I'm saying is turn off the radio, listen to a podcast, turn off your television and read a book with your spouse on how to have a better marriage. Read a book that teaches you how to be a better friend. And lastly, don't settle for just the typical routine of life. You need to be on mission together. Get engaged. Get passionate. Be praying for people together with your spouse. Be praying for your children with your spouse. Be talking to them about how you can help disciple your own children. Be thinking of how you can win your neighbor. You live downtown. You're not married. Grab some other friend that lives downtown and decide that you are going to reach people around you. Link arms. Be on mission together. Here's what I can promise you. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're in college, whether you're 35, 65, or 15, if you will do this, if you will do these things and commit to them, you will find so much vibrancy in your relationships. You will find so much life. You will even find fun. You will find health. And you will even find wholeness. It's not the answer to everything. But boy, is it a great start.